0: or unmute yourself by pressing star six. So lovely to have everybody with us um, as we uh, we move into the middle of November. Um, I was looking at what we talked about this time last year because I like to keep a track on it, and it was about um, preparing for the holiday season, especially for our friends who are in the, uh, in the States as they go into Thanksgiving in the next few weeks. Um, and then from there... You know, it's, uh, it's various different celebrations, so it can be very easy to lose track of your mindset. So I think we'll touch a little bit more on that next week as we uh, as we lead into Thanksgiving. But for today, I wanted to touch on the subject that I've been talking about in the last week or so um, with other people when it comes down to energy and how people feel that they have a um, definite lack of energy at this time of year. So I thought we'd address some of that. I'd talk a little bit about what causes it, and then how we can uh, can help with that. And obviously it comes down to uh, nutrition and uh, moving our bodies, because that's what we're meant to do. Um, So we'll wrap it up with a little bit um, to do with that. But when we think about lack of energy, there can of course be so many different reasons. And more so now when we're in, you know, various stages of lockdown um, in different parts of the world, um, lack of energy can actually be due to um, a a lot of mindset. So I'm going to address that as well. But when we think about lack of energy, one of the first things that is is a flag is that we think about... Let me just move that um, illness, and a medical issue, and it can be anything from flu to rheumatoid arthritis, and anything in between can give people um, a definite feeling of lethargy um, and lack of energy. So when we're thinking about you know, various different kinds of infections, various different kinds of cancers, that's one of the first um, signs and symptoms is somebody who's very lethargic has a lack of energy. And then when we think about things like anemia and heart disease. So when we think about anemia and heart disease, and I'll just I mean, these were just two topics I was going to cover today. Anemia is when we have um, a lack of red blood cells. So this is very much a, um, a systemic reason because oxygen is carried by red blood cells. So if we've got a lack of red blood cells, we've got a lack of oxygen that's being sent around the body which means that we're not getting enough oxygenated blood to working muscles, and working muscles are what then um, move us around. So that then gives us this feeling of lack of energy. And the same with, um, with heart, heart conditions. When we think about heart disease, That, again, very systemic. The heart isn't working properly because it's diseased. So if it's not working efficiently, then that's why, obviously, one of the side effects, as well as lots of other things, can be that feeling of lethargy and lack of energy. And then, of course, we're all too um, familiar right now with when we think about different viruses, um, you know, flu viruses and the COVID virus, same sort of thing. It is that the body is the body's immune response is fighting? So of course, if it's fighting, it's going to say to us, well, you just lay there. Let us get on and fight this internal battle, and we're going to save, you know, all the all the energy we've got to fight this intruder. So we get that lethargy um, that's associated with those sort of things. So. Medical conditions is the top when we think about, why have I got less energy? Um, and then along with that goes some medications as well will mean uh, people are feeling less less energetic. But let's think about the ones that we can actually start to work with. So the next one is sleep and sleep challenges. So what are some of the challenges that people can face that give them... Um, less energy and the reason why I'm talking about this on our TR90 call is because this is something very common that you will come into contact with when somebody when you're talking you know about doing TR90 or about changing a lifestyle looking at nutrition adding exercise people will say oh no I've just I haven't got the energy for that I've got no energy to do you know any exercise so it's good to have this background information to, you know, have to think why that might be. So sleep challenges, things like sleep apnea, and sleep apnea is, uh, is actually a dangerous condition. It's where the body actually stops breathing when somebody is asleep. Um, can be due to, um, rest- uh, no, just to think, congested airways. Yes. So uh, when I say that, I mean as we relax the muscles of the back of the throat that normally are like this in a relaxed state go like that, so the space becomes smaller. So the breath comes in and as it goes out, you get a little bit of a vibration. Um, But the other thing, it might actually close Not completely, but then what happens is the body goes into this apnea state where it actually stops breathing. And then there's a little trigger in the brain that says, breathe, breathe, and the person goes, "Ah," and they take a big breath. And it's usually (coughs) that that wakes up their partner. Um, So there's lots of strategies around that. Obviously, drinking alcohol before you go to bed, taking sleeping tablets, all of those things can increase um, the snoring and the sleep apnea but it may come down to somebody actually using what they call a CPAP machine, which is it actually forces air into the lungs for you. So sleep apnea in those um, not so chronic stages will definitely make somebody tired because they're not getting that deep sleep. They're in and out fighting for breath type of thing. Um, Overactive bladders. So as you age, that's something that happens. Um, so making sure that you are, uh, you've got a really nice evening routine. And as you call it, sleep hygiene right now. So it's you know, your sleep hygiene is not looking at your phone for at least two hours before you go to bed, having a darkened room, maybe meditating before you go to bed. All of these things are good sleep hygiene. hygiene. Um, and then that, that will help with reducing the amount of times you need to get up and have a pee in the night. And then enlarged prostates. Again, this is something, it could be a health warning. Um, so if somebody is more aware or is aware that they're getting up more times in the night, it's always advisable to go and get back checked out. Um, but for what we're talking about today, that will definitely impact the, um, the amount of energy and the quality of sleep that somebody is getting. Uh, because what we want is that deep REM sleep. And that tends to happen between 11 and 2 a.m. Um, so I was surprised when I was, I was researching. It was actually I was researching about the immune system. Because our immune system repairs when we're in deep um, REM sleep. And so that is that 11 till 2. So that's the really important time that people are sleeping. After two, it's more in and out. Um, So if you're getting up to go for a pee in that 11 till two, then you're really disrupting um, not only your energy, but then uh, your immune system. But that's a whole other thing we'll talk about on another call. Um, Number three, we've got those emotional issues. So worrying definitely contributes to fatigue, anxiety, depression. Um, so, if somebody is constantly worrying, which I know a lot of people are right now, um, they 're very much living in a very fearful state. Um, well, that impacts your energy um, because any of that that depressive state makes people just want to lay down and sleep or You know, just sit in front of the telly and and be mindlessly stimulated. So that definitely will contribute to um, somebody's lack of energy. Um, And then grief as well is something that um, is a massive emotion has the huge effect um, physically and mentally on somebody. Um, And grief is a huge contributing factor to this lack of energy. I just can't be bothered. I just want to stay in type of thing. Um, Then we've got lifestyle habits, so what you eat and drink definitely impacts and that comes right down to a physiological point of view as well. If you're eating lots of highly processed foods, your body is spending so much time trying to figure out what on earth it is that's in the body and then digesting it and then where do I store this? Um, So the body takes up a lot of energy when uh, when it's processing. Um, those highly processed foods. Um, As we've talked about deciding, you know, when to eat and drink. So meal prep, which is something we talk about a lot on this call and on CR90 is really important. So if you can prepare your day, then you're planning to succeed. If you fly by the seat of your pants, then there's lots of opportunity for bad nutritional habits, for you not to get your physical activity in there, all of those sort of things. Um, as I've said, stress, depression, and anxiety. That poor sleep, so the quality of sleep. And then the final one is aging. So as we age, we definitely have less energy. Um, or We feel as if we have. And there, again, is a physiological thing. Our heart starts working um, at a different intensity. Our muscles become tighter, and if we're not exercising, um, then they can become stiff, so our joints become stiff. Um, The way that our metabolism works, that all slows down as we begin to get a decline in the amount of lean muscle mass. Um, So there's lots of things that contribute to um, aging and that lack of energy, but there is some really good news that I'm going to tell you about. Um, so let's talk about the things you can do to help you bolster these energy levels. So the first thing is eating a clean diet. So eating whole grain, high fiber, vegetables, nuts, healthy oils, good sources of proteins and fats. That will help with our energy levels um, because our body becomes more efficient at um, at. At digesting the food, at storing the food, then we've got these ready sources of energy that we can tap into that comes from that whole food. Drinking more water. So, one of the signs of dehydration is lack of energy. So, definitely drinking more water will help. So, we're aiming for that two to three litres of water a day, depending on how active you are. Engaging in enjoyable activities. So sometimes that can be forcing yourself out. So socializing um, where possible, if not engaging online with um, other people doing things that you enjoy. There was a, a radio show. I listened to English radio, and there was a radio show, a chat talk show, and they were talking to people over 60 who are into gaming. So it's not just, you know, the youngsters, but it's a way that they can socialize from home so you can play with some of these games you can interact with people all over the world so you get this little community and I'm not saying it's for everybody but it's definitely a way that using the internet that you can connect to people as well as zoom meetings and I know there's lots of zoom groups and things out there but that will all help with the mental side of things that then can um, help people think, yes, I have got the energy to go out for a walk. And it all depends where we are in the world right now as to what's open and what you can do. But everybody can walk. Um, outside is best because of the, uh, the dopamine effect it has when we're breathing in air, we're looking at scenery, we're aware of ourselves. Um, it gives a really nice high that, um, that becomes addictive. So once we get people into the pattern of going out and moving, then then it's easier to maintain that. Um, Limited napping. (laughs) So limit the amount of time you spend napping. And again, journaling is very good for this. So if you're dozing off at about 3 in the afternoon, you can read all the research on power napping. You actually only need to be asleep for, I think, 20 minutes. Anything more than that starts messing with your, um, with your sleep patterns. So limit the amount of napping you do because that will then interfere with how quickly you go into that deep sleep when you go to bed. Um, strategize about your caffeine. So there, nobody says don't drink coffee or tea. Well, some people might. Um, but we don't want to get into that deprivation mindset. So just be mindful. And like I say, be strategic. So if you're drinking your coffee, and tea's got caffeine as well, in the morning, that's going to give you energy. So that's when you need to plan your activities rather than waiting until the afternoon when, you know, you're feeling a little bit more mellow. You could nap, and then the thought of going out for a walk is like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. So then people think, well, I'll just have one of those energy drinks, or I'll just go and make another cup of coffee, and then you've spiked it again. So, being strategic about using caffeine to help you um, boost your energy and get active, um, eliminating or reducing alcohol. Um, just because alcohol can uh, definitely deplete you of energy. Um, so again, be strategic about when you uh, when you want to do that. Uh, and then resistance. Tra- and then it always comes back to this with me, doesn't it? You know, it's always going to end up with this um, resistance training because increasing that lean muscle mass will give you the strength and the stamina for the energy um, and flexibility. And funny enough, flexibility, because, again, I know you hear me talk about this all the time, is when you work on your flexibility, you're increasing the amount of um, movement we have from a joint. So that means that your stride length will get bigger when you go for a walk. That means you're using more muscle, so you're strengthening more muscle, so your muscles become more efficient, as well as, when you think about flexibility, we all spend a lot of time in this very closed position with tight chest and weak back. So actually, by working on the flexibility of stretching your chest and opening up your chest, not only does, <coughs> excuse me, oh, I could feel that tickle coming. Not only does it affect um, how your posture and opening up and stretching these pectoralis major and minor muscles, but it also affects, wait for it, the ability of our body to be able to breathe deeper and our heart to be able to function. Because when we're rounded, we actually restrict the amount of movement we've got in the diaphragm. When you open up, you can actually breathe deeper, um, and your lungs can open and close um, more than, uh, or expand is probably the more, um, the better term for that. Your lungs can expand um, to a larger capacity. So definitely, opening the chest is really important. The flexibility around the hips um, and uh, everywhere else is, is huge. So that was my little talk this morning on energy levels, why we feel that we have less energy, and then just a couple of pointers on what we can do to actually begin to bolster those uh, those energy levels. Of course, that then all leads on to our next step, which is getting people active Um, and getting them on TR90. And, of course, something that I didn't address there is that carrying a large amount of fat around, so being overweight, will definitely decrease the amount of energy that somebody has. So we have, within our power... Um, with the TR90 program, but also with something like H.vitality Vitality or R-squared, we have the ability to begin to reset those genes to a more useful way of behaving. So that is, um, that's energy levels. So that's a great conversation to have with people around um, their energy levels and then TR90. So that is it. That is my uh, that's my chat for today. Uh, lovely to be with you all. Um, have an amazing week, and I will be back with you next week. I'm back with you on Tuesday. So have a great week, and I will speak to you next Tuesday. Goodbye.